welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that go on in the dark. My name is Tori. My name is Taylor Shea, or also known as Tay. And welcome to the podcast. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Yes. Uh, very happy to be back recording, talking. Mm-hmm. However, we'll apologize in advance if there is some coughing or nastiness mm-hmm. that comes through. Both of us have just recently tested positive for COVID. And this is COVID round three for me and COVID yes. round two for Tay. So we're yes. just a COVID household. Oh, yeah. So. so this is just the most fun we've ever had. I've been working from home for the last four, three, four days. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally like two days ago felt like absolute you did dog shit like it was like traveling down and set it settling in my chest um and i have asthma so it just was not interacting mm. well together no so this week's episode came very difficult for me to mm. like get all the research finally like done and together because i just felt so crappy to actually mm-hmm. do work yeah. but Luckily, we're here. We did yes. it. We're done. We're both feeling, like, a little better. Thankfully, yes. like, mine hasn't um, hit as bad as past uh, COVID experiences mm-hmm. have. Um, I just have a little bit of a sore throat, so I'm pretty good. I'm pretty yeah. stuffy, though, so I apologize in advance if I sound like I'm measly yeah. or if I have to cough and clear my throat, because I know it's very annoying for me to edit, so I'm so sorry <laughs> for you guys have to listen to it, yeah. but... We're here, um, hopefully with us, you know, I'm out of work for another couple of days, hopefully I can bang out some more, mm-hmm. you know, research so we can bring you some more cases from yours truly, because yes. um, I have a hard time researching. Yeah, but so hopefully. we're now, we're, in, we're going to be into the COVID episodes Yes. for all of you, yes. so very sorry if it sounds gross, but yes. I just was telling Tori, like, before we started, like, <laughs> at least it isn't as bad or as gross as... Last weekend, I called my grandmother to thank her for the birthday card she sent me, and she never answers the first call Mm -hmm. that you call her, because she just doesn't. She always, like, makes you go and, like, like, leave a voicemail. She's a grandma. Yeah, she's a grandma. You have to leave her a message before she ever calls you back. That's so funny. And the minute I'm finally ready to, like, oh, the answering machine beeps, but, like, leave your message here... No sound was coming out. I had to clear my throat, so I coughed onto her answering machine. And then I was like, hey, sorry, that was really gross. Thanks, Grandma. Can you call me back? I love you. <laughs> Literally, she thought it was the funniest thing. Just my poor so grandmother. Funny. Just like, that's disgusting. That's vile. And I'm like, I hope you never delete that, because that's the funniest thing I've ever done. It is hilarious. It's so fucking funny. It's so like, I, like It's kind of like, there, I didn't put an episode, um, but in one of the previous episodes, I started recording by burping into the microphone. <laughs> and I deleted so it because I thought it was fucking gross, and it was a really gnarly burp. But Tay wishes I kept it, and yeah. I don't know where we would have put it, but it's disgusting. No but it was so funny to me. Literally, we're just like, you were like, okay, are we ready? And then immediate burp right in the microphone. <laughs> good one too it was a good one it was so beautiful but love that so you guys are gonna get the extended version of that you get a whole podcast episode of us coughing or being gross because Mm -hmm. we're ill and love it it sucks we're physically ill not just mentally ill ill. oh yeah but full mental illness because literally like not even five minutes before we started i ranted at you for 10 full minutes about how if the duffer brothers kill off steve harrington in the newest season of stranger things that it's homophobic and i will lose my shit yeah it literally looked like um like the red string that red string meme it was like that charlie day like yeah and i was trying to explain explain to tay i was like do you realize like that's what it's like living with you like this happens at least once a week where i'm sitting there trying to enjoy my fucking chicken sandwich and she just comes over and is just like listen i have to tell you about everything that i'm ever thinking in a 10 minute span no no dots connecting nothing no no context no forewarning i just come out fucking swinging with yeah. full-blown mental illness rants i don't even, i don't even want to know what my face looks like you just always like when i'm doing this just look so fucking fed up <laughs> just so annoyed of like would you please shut up well because i'm trying to keep tr- i'm trying to keep up with your your bullshit that's the issue is that it's also mind you at this time it was like one o'clock in the afternoon i had just woken up like a half an hour before just got the shower just eating my first meal of the day you know so i'm still like being a starting to be a person yes and then this bitch comes out and is like listen Listen. if steve dies it's homophobic and i can't do it yeah be like i will lose my mind i've already lost my rights i don't need steve harrington taken from me too and literally that is all that happened 
happened this morning was just me yelling like that for <laughs> no fucking reason. No context, just ruining your morning. Like, I, I can't help it. Like, this is just how I am. Like, yeah. I feel so bad for it, and I'm so sorry that I'm like this. Oh, it's, it's, all, it's all good. I mean, you know, it's chill. It's, it's listen, it I've, I've been doing this for, what, seven months now? It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. We're so good. It's fine. It at this point. Yeah. But the theater, because of everything going on in the mm-hmm. world, obviously, I think everybody is still emotionally raw and really yeah. reeling and extremely fucking upset mm-hmm. about the Roe versus Wade decision that was recently just made. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I think, unfortunately, it's kind of like perfect timing that I picked this case. Mm -hmm. Today, we are going to be covering the Andrea Yates case. Mm -hmm. I picked this and definitely wanted to talk about this case, especially today, because what happens in this case, I think, is 100% what is going to happen in even Mm -hmm. further numbers Mm -hmm. now that this decision has been made. Mm -hmm. This is not going to stop abortions from happening. Mm -hmm. This is only going to stop safe abortions from Mm -hmm. happening. People of color and poor people are going to be the most affected Mm -hmm. and are probably going, there are going to be hundreds of individuals who are going to die because of botched and unsafe abortions Mm -hmm. because of this decision. Yeah. And then this case especially is what happens when forced pregnancies are put onto a Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. over and over again yeah and with any more of these forced pregnancies what is only ever going to happen is postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis Mm -hmm. and potential just horror from there Mm -hmm. so with that i guess i'll just kind of jump right into it and bring us into (coughs) the case of the yates children Mm -hmm. and andrea yates Mm -hmm. um just want to forewarn everyone in advance this case deals heavily with mental health suicidal ideations um there's mentions of eating disorders um if that is triggering for folks as well as obviously we are going to talk about the death and murder of children Mm -hmm. these are all really difficult topics so please take care of yourself these are we're all living in hard times and the Mm -hmm. only thing that i want to ask of all of us is to just be a little bit kinder to ourselves Mm -hmm. and each other right now Mm -hmm. because this is the worst time yeah and if and if you guys don't want to listen to this like we understand it's a it's a very hard case and you know i kind of want to put a little bit of my thoughts about the roe v wade stuff at the very end just because i feel like that's something that affects both of us very heavily um and just affects everyone very extremely and the repercussions of what's happened of overturning Roe v. Wade and the subsequent court cases that ugh, fucking Justice Thomas wants to look mm-hmm. over. I want to talk about the end a little bit if we have time. Um, just because that's it's something that needs to be talked about. And we, okay. I want to make it very, very clear that on this podcast, we are not pro-life. We are very yeah. pro-choice. And and I am not happy with how anything no. is turning out ever. So no. with and, that being said. <laughs> yeah. And we are also, I'm very afraid as we are not technically in like a safe harbor state right now. yeah so, so i don't know like I, we live in pennsylvania which is the the governor um elections happening in november yeah. and right now tom wolf is our governor and he is protecting abortion but come november he's not the governor anymore yeah. so we don't know who's going to be governor if it's doug yeah. some it's doug yeah, something masterson yeah doug masterson he is very against abortion he has made multiple speeches against abortion so you know it's it's very tough living in a state that's it's not guaranteed however thankfully we're only about an hour from new jersey which is where i'm originally from and they governor murphy has said he's gonna he's gonna make sure abortion is legal in new jersey which is good so and also you know and new york as well is also legal thankfully but of course as always Register to vote. Mm-hmm. Vote for people who actually match your mm-hmm. values, yep. not what party you think you're supposed to be a part of. Please really genuinely look at the issues mm-hmm. when it comes to this election. Yeah. And there are so many resources that are out there right now of what to do, what you can mm-hmm. do. There are so many different things that are going on right now. The only other thing that I would like to kind of say and put out there is if there's anyone who would like to plan any kind of march or rally, mm-hmm please switch to using the app Signal Mm -hmm. to message and talk about those plans. No other app or messaging platform is as secure as Mm -hmm. Signal. So please, just for the sake of all, Mm -hmm. switch to doing Mm -hmm. your business there. Because that's really the only safe place. Yeah, And we'll talk more at the end because I don't want to take another long intro. (laughs) And we'll definitely be very much talking about a lot of those things at the end of this because Mm -hmm. this case has so many many repercussions Mm -hmm. to that. 
So we will start with the, where this whole horrible kind of thing begins with just Andrea herself. So Andrea Pia Kennedy was born July 2nd, 1964. Growing up, Andrea was described as incredibly caring and compassionate. Her mother even said that she was the most compassionate of my children, always thinking of other people, never herself. Andrea, however, as a teen, struggled with bulimia and thoughts of suicide. As Andrea grew up, she went on to go to school for nursing and did become a registered nurse until she met Russell Yates, an engineer and devout Christian. The two married and quickly began practicing what Russell preached, which was be fruitful and multiply. Mm. Russell was also very good friends with his old college buddy, Michael Warnecke, a local preacher who, te- who would teach that and preach to others that righteousness could only come from the family living austerely. Oh, I, that already gives me red flags. I hate that. So many red flags, <clears throat> even just... Yeah, right away. From the start. In 1997, the family, which at the time consisted of Andrea, Russell, and three boys, were living in a 38-foot camper van bought by Warnacki. Okay. Russell, after much consideration, decided that not only he did not want Andrea to work, as he wanted her to be a stay-at-home mother and care for the children, or to stay at home and care for the children, but he also decided that he wanted the children to be homeschooled. Ooh, that's a tough job. And he wanted this as to not expose the children to the temptation of drugs, violence, sex, and unchristian ideas. Okay. Yeah. Well he also was very adamant that he also did not want to hire babysitters as they could introduce bad ideas to the children. Russell believed that his wife Andrea and her alone should be responsible for the teaching and caring for their children. As well as on top of all of this... Uh, she was at the time providing care for her father who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Wow. So her mother said that she would go to her parents' home daily to provide them with care. And she already has three boys on top of this. She has three boys at this time, a father that is suffering from Alzheimer's and that she is providing him and her mother with daily at home nursing care. Jeez. Yes. So a very overwhelmed Mm -hmm. woman. Yeah. However, in 1999, after the birth of their fourth son, Luke, in February, Andrea was diagnosed with suffering from postpartum depression and was prescribed the antidepressant Trazodone. Mm -hmm. However, later on June 17, 1999, Andrea intentionally overdosed on the antidepressant and was in a coma for 10 days. Holy shit. I did find conflicting reports that said that Andrea overdosed on her father's Alzheimer's medication. However, the majority of articles said that she had OD'd on the antidepressant. Mm -hmm. However, Andrea's brother did state that after this had happened, when she was asked why she wanted to do this, she refused to speak about it or tell anybody why she had done it. It's probably a lot of shame. Like, think about it. I mean, I know, like, how from, you know, just from personal experience and also just in general, like, coming from a very Christian household, mental mm-hmm. illness isn't talked about. No. And so, especially suicidal ideation, it's like, put a bandit on it and that's it. So, she was probably mm-hmm. very ashamed. Like, her husband was seeing her as this all-becoming wife and this mother... And that's not, that's not very becoming, is yeah. to be suicidal as a mother. Absolutely. And postpartum <clears throat> depression is so incredible. It affects so much mm-hmm. of a person's day-to-day life and being. And on top of it, you're asking this woman, you're basically telling her, you have to be the sole pr- caregiver mm-hmm. for four kids. You have to be a homeschooled mother. You have mm-hmm. to teach them everything. You will never be allowed a single break, even for them to go away to school No, you need to care for four children all day and night. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, because you are a registered nurse, you're taking care of your Mm -hmm. family Mm -hmm. who needs nursing care. Yeah, and I don't care, like, even if you're the best mom in the world and you love your kids with all of your heart and all of your being, you still need a break. Like, at the end of the day, you're still a person. So having, not having that break, Mm -hmm. I could say that alone without postpartum depression, I could say could be a mad issue. But adding postpartum mental illness on top of that couldn't even imagine it no this is just compounding trauma and stress to a degree that is unbelievably Mm -hmm. unmanageable for any person Mm -hmm. and she's suffering Mm -hmm. and clearly a coma for 10 days that's terrible and that's traumatic that's extremely traumatic for a person however andrea did recover from her coma and was released from the hospital and returned home to her family However, on July 20th, 1999, Andrea went into an empty bedroom at her mother's home and began holding a knife to her throat, pleading to die. 
After the second suicide attempt, she was committed to inpatient treatment at a local hospital and continued treatment there for two months. It was after the suicide attempts that she was evaluated and began to be treated by Dr. Eileen, or Eileen Starbranch. Dr. Starbranch would later go on to state that she believed Andrea to be among the five sickest patients she ever had wow. and prescribed her Haldol. During this evaluation, Andrea had confided in the doctor that she did have thoughts of harming herself or her children. Oh, yikes. The Haldol worked well for Andrea, and she later was able to return home and continued the expected homeschooling schedule of the kids. Of course. However... Wow, there'd be a break. Exactly. This woman just came out of inpatient treatment. She's being prescribed Haldol, which is a very hefty psychiatric medication. Mm -hmm. And why give her any breaks? No. No, just make her go right back to homeschooling mm-hmm. four kids by herself. So, however, Russell and Andrea did come to Dr. Starbranch after an appointment one day and told her that they would like to have Andrea taken off of her psychiatric medication so they could have as many children as nature would allow. Oh, and I'm sure that wasn't Andrea talking. I'm sure that was her husband. I'll get into that later. Okay, okay. I definitely <laughs> have a lot of thoughts about uh, Russell Yates's opinions of family Mm -hmm. and what should happen here the doctor counseled them and warned them that andrea should not continue to have any more children as she warned that it would surely guarantee a future psychotic depression Mm -hmm. however seven weeks after andrea was discharged from dr starbranch's care they went on to conceive their fifth child during this time andrea became more and more enthralled with the preachings of michael warnecke who had been preaching that bad mothers create bad children who are doomed to hell. Oh, my God. This would continue to fuel Andrea's own delusions that her children were doomed to burn in hell. Andrea began to believe that women derived from sin and hell-bound mothers would see their children burning in hell. Mm-hmm. This started to fuel her later, de- uh, her later delusion of needing to save her children from burning in hell. Okay. In November of 2000, Andrea would give birth to their baby, Mary, growing their brood to five children. So at this time, the family is living in a nice house in the suburbs of Clear Lake, Texas. But Andrea is quite isolated and spends most of her days caring for and homeschooling the children entirely on her own. And very sadly for all, in March of 2001, Andrea's father passed away. After this, Andrea was extremely distraught and began cutting herself Mm. and started to refuse to feed baby Mary. Wow. Because of this, she was hospitalized several times. Her mother even stated that she believed that Andrea to not be in her right mind at all, as at a family event, she witnessed Andrea attempting to feed solid foods to baby Mary, who was far too young to Mm -hmm. be able to do that and nearly choking the baby. Oh, my God. After Andrea's father's death, she began to be treated by Dr. Muhammad Saeed, who for the first time, or for some time, continued to prescribe Haldol at the Yates' request. But on June 3rd, 2001, she took her last dose of Haldol that Dr. Saeed refused to renew as he was concerned about possible side effects and was concerned she was being over-medicated. Mm-hmm. Dr. Saeed also decreased Andrea's Effexor prescription from 450 milligrams to 300 milligrams wow. shortly before all of this had occurred. Dr. Saeed however, did clearly state that Andrea should not be caring for the children alone and should be supervised around the clock. Wow. Yeah. So, even like a doctor saying, like, this woman should not be held responsible for all these kids. Because no. so, she obviously she obviously can't take care of herself. Like, no. it's, and I'm sure she felt guilt for it, but that's what needed to be done. Like, she couldn't care for herself. She no. couldn't care for these kids. No. How, are, how is a person with postpartum depression who is also experiencing extreme grief care mm. for five children by herself no. and homeschool them it's by Im- herself. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. Because I'm sure when her husband, whatever the fuck his name, came home, mm-hmm. he never helped either. He was probably like, make oh, me dinner, da-da-da, let's mm-hmm. go have another baby, this, that, and the other, and that was it. Russell very much seems to be very on the straight Christian father Blech. path. Sorry. Yeah, Blech. very... Blech. Gross. Very much so. So on the morning of June 20th, 2001, Russell left for work as he had nearly every day, knowing that his wife Andrea would have an hour to herself and the children before his mother Dora would arrive to assist Andrea throughout the day. Mm -hmm. In the house was just Andrea and their five children, Noah, seven, John, five, Paul, three, Luke, two, and baby Mary, who was six months old. In that hour, as his mother was due to arrive, Andrea put their dog in the crate and served the children breakfast. As they ate, Andrea filled up the bathtub with nine inches of cold water, went out and picked up baby Mary, brought her to the tub, 
and held her baby underwater until she died. Oh my god. She left Mary floating in the tub as she went one by one to the kitchen and brought back each one of her children, youngest to oldest, and drowned them in the bath. After she had killed Luke, Paul, and John, she laid them out on the master bed like little Christian idols and went to go get Noah. When Noah saw his sister floating face down in the tub, he knew what was about to come and attempted to run from his mother. Andrea caught up to him very quickly, picked him up, and drowned him in the tub. When she was done, she left Noah in the water, scooped up Mary's body, and laid her amongst her th three older brothers. After which, Andrea promptly called 911, letting them know what she had just did, and called her husband, asking him to return home from work. When the police arrived, she told them what she had done, and when questioned as to why she had done this, she simply said she was a bad mother and that her children were not developing normally, and she had to. I, like, I feel I hadn't, uh, my mouth was just, like, wide open the entire time. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. holy shit. And that's so calm and collected. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yep. In that one hour that she was left. Alone. An hour. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. Yes. When further questioned as to her motives, she would tell investigators that she had been planning to kill the children for months and was quoted as saying, it was the seventh deadly sin. My children weren't righteous. They stumbled because I was evil. The way I was raising them, they could never be saved. They were doomed to perish in the fires of hell. Oh my God. Given that there is no question as to who had committed the murders, the prosecution moved to try Andrea immediately. They moved for an indictment and were set to go to trial in 2002. At trial, the prosecution announced that not only would they be charging Andrea with capital murder, but they would also be seeking the death penalty. Mm -hmm. The family hired family friend George Parnham to represent Andrea. Andrea, before going to trial, was actually hoping that she would be put to death, as she believed that that was the only way to keep her children from burning in hell for all eternity was to kill them and then for her to be executed. Mm -hmm. However, when Andrea entered court on the first day of trial, she entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity to save her from execution. Mm. Parnham would present all of the information regarding Andrea's postpartum depression and discuss at the times of the murder she was experiencing postpartum psychosis. Mm -hmm. In Texas, the prosecution needs to prove that you are incapable of telling right, uh, incapable of telling right from wrong to be able to convict uh, for capital murder and sentenced to execution. Mm -hmm. So, or that you are completely capable of it. The only way that you can get out of it is to prove that you are incapable of telling the difference from right and wrong. Mm -hmm. The prosecution argued that they were aware that Andrea was ill, but that she had an understanding of right from wrong and believed that Andrea killed the children due to postpartum as well as to get revenge against her husband. They argued that she was a modern life Medea who had killed her children to get back at her husband. Okay, I can, I mean, I can kind of see it. I can kind of, okay. like being forced to like you know be home with yeah. them all the time they definitely presented andrea to be a much more vindictive person and that yeah. this was a calculated first degree mm -hmm. kind of i was planning to kill them for a long time because i hated my husband mm -hmm. rather than i had been planning to kill the children for a long time because of delusions yeah so the prosecution or well many people in andrea's life and others uh, in the community who who knew her testified that they knew her to be happy, joking, smart, sweet, and normal. None of them knew her to be anything other than sane. However, those closest to her did believe she was struggling with an inner battle that they did not know much of. The prosecution continued to argue that Andrea knew what she was doing as, she, as they had Dr. Park Dietz, a, psychiat a psychiatrist and consultant of the show Law & Order, come on the stand and say that he believed that Andrea could have committed these murders and attempt to get away with it using the insanity defense as she must have seen an episode of Law and Order where this exact th same thing had happened. Mm -hmm. He testified that she was a stay-at-home mother so she must have seen this episode and became inspired to do the exact same thing. Okay. However, many different experts also took the stand to discuss postpartum <laughs> psychosis. That was a tough Words. Say that five times fast. Fuck. <laughs> and Andrea's own diagnosis. So Dr. Perrier said that postpartum depression turning to postpartum psychosis is extremely rare, but if it happens, it can happen in a span of only a week or two. Mm -hmm. And just remember that it was just a little over two weeks when the murders had occurred from when she had last took Haldol. Okay. And even, the, and even 
it was well only like six seven months after the doctor had said like you shouldn't have another baby mm-hmm. because this was six months after mary was born yeah which was and it was only seven weeks before mary was conceived did they come to the doctor and say yeah i want to be taken off of psychiatric medication yeah. have more children and the doctor very much said no that mm-hmm. it was only ever going to turn into psychosis makes sense well there was, there was a warning there not that saying that like she's not at fault at all yeah. but there, but was, there a was a warning, warning there and her husband knew of it he obviously we'll definitely talk about fuck that, that later. Guy. So, given the circumstances of the murders and the fact that Andrea had killed all five of their shared children, it is safe to wonder how Russell felt during this. Surprisingly, Russell stood by Andrea and was outspoken about this, stating that she loved those kids and was often asked what he blamed to be the cause for the murders. He would tell media outlets that and prosecutors that he believed Andrea's mental illness was the cause as well as the devil himself. He was quoted as saying, the Bible says the devil prowls around looking for someone to devour. He looked at Andrea and thought Andrea was weak and he attacked her. I mean, like, here's the thing. On one hand, at least he's standing with his wife. Yeah. At least he's not being a little shithead and being like, oh, well, she did this by herself. Da, 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 da. At least he's like still, and I'm not saying he's a good person. Like, at least he's still holding up yep. the bullshit, like, religi- religiosity, whatever yeah. bullshit he has. You know what he I mean? He clearly believes his mm-hmm. his shit when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. I understand everybody needs a way to cope mm-hmm. and to deal with this. And, however, I don't think blaming the devil oh, is no. at all helpful, especially given that religiosity fueled her delusions. Mm-hmm. Religiosity played a heavy hand yes. in this case. The contributing factors, which will continue to go on later, but the main contributing factors here is a woman overwhelmed by her, by being the sole caregiver, mm-hmm. postpartum depression, mm-hmm. extreme religiosity and religious extremism, mm-hmm. and being entirely alone in mm-hmm. all of this. You have grief being saddled mm-hmm. onto this, and you have someone who is extremely isolated. Mm-hmm. She didn't have friends, really. She didn't go out. Nobody really... Yeah, because she had five fucking kids. Yep, she was everyone's caregiver. She was considered and was told to be responsible for everyone all the time. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I can barely be responsible for myself. Like, I have a cat, I have a kitten, and, like, sometimes Mm -hmm. that's too much. Like, I can barely take care of myself. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. imagine taking care of five fucking kids. Five kids pretty much alone, even though you have a husband. Insane. And a husband who does not want other people to help you. That's... That, he said it, he, okay, yeah. I'm going to hold my thoughts until we talk about this. Oh, yeah, Continue. I have a lot of thoughts. But, however, most people within Andrea's family disagreed and believed that Russell was much more ca- uh, culpable in this situation than he was willing to admit. Her siblings blamed that uh, claimed that Russell never gave Andrea breaks from parental stress. Mm-hmm. They believed that he was always making Andrea the responsible party for raising the children, as well as they believed that he didn't take her mental health very seriously. Mm-hmm. Her brother stated that back in 2001, when the family was taking Andrea to Devereaux Treatment Facility, that Russell told him that, and he quotes, all depressed people need was a swift kick in the pants. Russell said that about his... His own wife. <sighs> Love that mm-hmm. for her. And I, I'm so glad you said not, because what I was holding back from saying was, I hope that other people blame him for this. Because, and I'm glad that her yeah. family does, because oh, yeah. if it was not for him, if she had a husband who mm-hmm. was, you can be Christian and have a yeah. fine relationship. Like, my parents are both mm-hmm. very Christian, and they have a very mm-hmm. loving relationship. They help each other, helped each other out with kids when we were younger, this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. But, like, if... If, you, if she had a caring husband who took care of the kids and gave her breaks, yep. whole different fucking and story. who took her mental health seriously. Yes, exactly. How, how, how do you ignore doctors? Yeah. How do you think that just depressed people just need to just cheer up or anything like that? He probably, he probably yeah. told her to fucking pray about it. Pretty much. That, there's... That's pretty much the theme of this, is, like, religiosity will somehow cure her more than medicine will. Oh, you're depressed, you have psychosis, pray about it, honey, you'll be fine. It'll get better. Postpartum depression, especially, is caused by these constant changing and fluxing Mm -hmm. of chemicals. This woman had five children, her oldest being seven, her youngest being six months. All of these kids are barely two years apart from each other. So every two years, her body was being put through Mm -hmm. an astronomically insane amount of Mm -hmm. chemical fluctuations and changing. Yeah. 
That's fucked. That's fucked up. And it's you still up. want to be like, oh, this medication that she really needs, let's take her off that so we can keep having more children. And the doctor is telling you, don't do that. Shit's fucked. That's exactly what happened. So at her trial, her family did testify to the beliefs that Russell was not helping Andrea and uh, being a contributor, a contributor to why this crime had happened. So, however, friends of Russell defended him and stated that they always saw Russell taking Andrea to many doctors, that he had made a med tracking board at home, and made a game with the kids to, ch- uh, to help cheer Andrea up when she was down. That, that's still not taking care of your fucking kids. That's still just be doing the bare minimum. Yep. Bare minimum. You're asking your kids to take care of their depressed mom, is what you're doing. You have a tracking board to be like, hey, your medication's important, let's, like, do that. And, like, you're taking her to doctors, but you're not listening to these doctors. You're taking her to doctors, but not doing any follow-up. You're taking yeah. her to doctors and not listening yes. to what the fuck they're saying. Yep. But one friend, Rick Mayfield, was quoted as saying, do you really think that if he thought his wife was going to kill his children, he would have gone to work? Yes. He would have. Because he, he he's like, I'm, I'm a dad. Yeah. I'm a father, not yeah. a dad. He was, he went to work, he was the provider. Yeah. He was, yep. you know, he wanted that white picket fence. So no matter what, no matter what his wife was doing, mm-hmm. no matter how she was feeling, yep. he was still going to fucking go to work. Because obviously yep. she was probably in a fucking coma. He was probably still going to fucking work. Like, he doesn't I, give a fuck. I don't know. Like, do I believe that he would, if he genuinely understood and I think I like have mixed feelings about it. I agree. I don't think he would have gone to work if he thought his wife was going to kill his mm-hmm. children that day however i do think he had ample warnings but he didn't genuinely believe any of these warnings because he thought he knew better and that somehow his divine being and that Mm. just god was just going to save them in the end and that Mm. it was never going to actually happen even though Mm -hmm. it clearly could and did yeah but at this time when andrea was in jail her family would visit would go to visit andrea and said that while they were there she was seen as despondent and didn't really even know what had happened to the kids however she did eventually ask about the children's funerals at the funerals russell gave an hour-long eulogy about the children and put their baby blankets in each of their caskets oh my god break my heart in two russell said his goodbyes to each one of the kids and was heard saying to noah you're in a better place okay fuck you russell her family when talking about that had a lot of they're, they were really angry of about course. him saying this. I will reserve my feelings about that as well. But I've got a lot of feelings about yeah, that too. Yeah, that's a mood. So, as the trial came to a close in 2002, the jury deliberated and were very much swayed by Dr. Dietz's testimony about the Law & Order episode that he testified was the blueprint to this murder in chosen defense. The jury came back with a conviction of capital murder. However, they did feel some sympathy for her as they rejected the death sentence mm-hmm. and sen- and instead sentenced her to life with the possibility of parole after 40 years. Okay. However, realizing that the conviction rested heavily on the law and order testimony, Parnham was quickly to file an appeal. It was very easy to prove that the testimony was entirely false as no episode of Law and Order had aired involving this type of crime as Dr. Dietz had testified to. Mm. Author Suzanne O'Malley, who was writing for O, the Oprah magazine at the time, had also been a former writer on the show Law and Order and was covering the trial at the time and was very quick to report that the episode that Dr. Dietz referred to didn't exist. Oh, shit. As this information became more and more public, Dr. Dietz himself went on, had stated on ABC 13 that his testimony was an honest mistake. He confused multiple episodes together, and Dietz stated that he emailed prosecutors about this mistake during the trial in 2002, shortly after it had happened, but the prosecutors never admitted his email into evidence. Hmm. So due to this, Andrea's appeal was accepted, and she was set to be retried again in 2006. At the 2006 trial, they introduced more information regarding Andrea's mental state and the lack of support she was receiving within her home. At the 2006 trial, Russell went on to continue to blame doctors for these murders and said that the doctors had never warned him that Andrea was psychotic or could harm the children. Otherwise, he would have never left, would have never had more children. Oh, okay. Okay. First of all, Russell, boy, listen here, bucko. Listen, a doctor literally told you seven weeks before fucking Mary was conceived. Mm -hmm. Hey, she shouldn't have any more kids because it will lead to psychotic depression. Yep. Or, 
are you kidding me? I just had to refrain yeah. from going up to the mic and being like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, are you serious? Because like, fuck that guy. Are you serious? Like, it, fuck Russell Yates. Like, I'm so annoyed. <laughs> and it goes on. So he he's saying doctors never warned her. However, Andrea had told a prison psychiatrist that one night before they had conceived Mary, she told Russell she did not want to have sex because of what Dr. Starbranch had said uh, that she might hurt her children. But Russell asserted his procreative religious beliefs, complimented her as a good mom, and said she could handle more kids. Okay, if someone's coming to you and saying they can't handle something, take them at their fucking word. Yeah. It's not like she's saying, oh, you know, I can't, like, I can't handle another plate of mashed potatoes, like, I'm too full. She's saying she can't handle another child. This is a life. Yep, but you're, so this woman, you're coming to her, you want to have sex, she's saying, no, I don't want to have sex. Because the doctor said if we have more children, I could hurt our already existing children. And instead, you tell, you not only say, oh, no, you're a good mom. You can handle more kids. You've got this. No, you can do this. But also, God wants us to have more children. God says we should be fruitful and multiply. You can handle being a mother to more than the four you already have. That the doctor is saying you could hurt if you continue to have children because of your postpartum. He's so he's so pro life. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck if his current yeah. children die. Hello. That literally, this man is trying to say doctors never warned me. Andrea herself is saying no. They warned us. I knew of these risks. He knew these risks. I tried to remind him of these risks, and instead he coerced me to have another child. Ooh, I'm so pissed right now, and I don't know if it's because of what happened yesterday, but... Yeah, ooh, so I'm, fucking I'm, angry. A bitch is pissed. Russell also continued to say that he was not warned by doctors that she was dangerous and said that doctors were responsible for recognizing and treating Andrea to prevent this, not a medically untrained person like himself. Russell directly blamed Dr. Saeed for not warning him of the dangers or of uh, not continuing Andrea's Haldol prescription or for not knowing of her visions or delusions as he didn't read through her previous medical records. However, even in the first trial, it was known that Dr. Saeed said that Andrea should be monitored around the clock and should never be left to care for the children alone. Mm -hmm. So I can agree and i have mixed feelings like i do believe that the doctor should have been more responsible should have read through her medical records which would have clearly said that she did have delusions Mm -hmm. he should have never taken her off of halidol Mm -hmm. however you cannot sit there and say that it is the doctor's fault and that they should be treating her and recognizing that she's dangerous and that you didn't know she was dangerous Mm -hmm. but you can't say in the same breath i didn't know she had delusions of killing her children but saying the doctor should have known because it was in her medical records Mm -hmm. how do you know that it's in her medical records then mm-hmm. it's because you already knew she had these delusions mm-hmm. and you're ignoring it and she t- he took her to the appointments yes. he was with her and i'm sure he was one of those motherfuckers who would never let his wife be alone with a doctor because he wouldn't want her to say hey dr saeed um actually can you actually please keep me on how at all yeah like, or even saying hey dr saeed what are my options for birth control mm-hmm. what are my options mm-hmm. for sterilization mm-hmm. oh bitch yeah yep So, yep, he's still claiming that it is all the doctor's fault. However, the doctor had been very clear that she should not be left alone. Mm -hmm. However, it was brought up at trial that Russell was heard saying at a family party that he began to leave Andrea home alone for one hour each morning and each evening so that she would not become totally dependent on him and his mom for her maternal responsibilities. This clearly went directly against doctor's recommendations to Russell and Andrea, And I still get very angry about this. Mm -hmm. That even if Mary's born, she exists, you ignored all of it up till there, you were directly told Mm -hmm. by the doctor, do not leave her alone with those kids. But you chose to start leaving her home alone for an hour each morning and each day, which she knew about because you don't want her to become dependent on other people for her maternal responsibilities. Why is it that she has to have maternal responsibilities? You don't have paternal responsibilities. Yep. And why is it a bad thing that she needs some help for five kids? Mm-hmm. When I, she's extremely mentally ill. I used to, mind you, just babysit. Grant, I was younger, but I, I yeah. babysat like three kids. It was like an 11-year-old, I think it was like a 10 or 11-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old. Mm-hmm. And that alone was hell on earth. Three fucking kids. I can't imagine having five kids under the age of seven 
One of them being a literal child who you literally have to do, yep. like, or not a child, like a baby, baby. who you have to do everything yep. for. I can't imagine that. I could not either, and I still, this case frustrates me so mm-hmm. much because there, all of this was preventable. Oh yeah, 100%. But all of it. So it also became known that Russell himself clearly did not understand or chose to ignore the severity of Andrea's postpartum diagnosis, as he told private investigators during the very first trial that he thought Andrea would be found innocent, get treatment, come out, and that he and Andrea would have more children. Okay. So he, okay, so that alone speaks to me and says to me that Russell never saw these kids or Andrea as like family. He saw them as expendable and saw them as these little pawns to fuel his religious beliefs. That's like the, you're just gonna ha- replace the kids. Yeah. Are you like, are Five you fucking are kidding me? Like, at first I was like, that's really nice that he stood by her. However, it frustrates me greatly that this is this is what he thought. His brain thought that. After killing their five children, she was going to be found innocent because of her mental illness, go to the hospital, get treatment, come out, and that they were just going to resume this family delusion and that they were going to have more kids and just replace the children that were murdered because of this illness. As if it wouldn't happen again. Yeah. Because that shit doesn't go away. No, it does not. It may go away because you're not having kids, but the moment you have more kids, it's going to happen again. But when these investigators continued to tell him that that would that it would never it could never happen because Andrea could never safely have more children due to risk of this happening again, he said that perhaps they could use a surrogate or adopt to continue having children. You can still have postpartum depression and not be pregnant. Yes. It. Yep. Okay. So All doctors, right. however, were also rightly criticized for improperly treating Andrea medically as well. As it was known that before the murders, Andrea had her effects or prescription reduced from 450 milligrams mm-hmm. to 300 milligrams in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dolan, the executive director of the Medical the Medi- Medical Accountability Network, stated that in 2005, hi- hi- homicidal ideation was added as a rare side effect to the label of effects or prescriptions. And she also stated that 450 milligrams of Effexor is two times the recommended maximum dose. Holy shit. I was, I was wondering, because I know, like, mm-hmm. I know people who are on, like, Wellbutrin and shit like that, and they're, like, like 100 or 200, whatever. And that, I think that's a lot. Like, I mean, if you need it, you need it. Like, I'm not yeah. shitting on anyone. But I'll, I'm, like, fucking 450? 450. Holy shit. Which, like, it is reasonable for Dr. Saeed to be concerned about her being over-medicated because she was being prescribed really intense medications at a very high mm-hmm. level, which, like, given... We talk about this a lot because of my job. Because of my job working with individuals with intellectual disabilities, there is a lot of folks that have been put on a medical regimen of institutional levels. Mm-hmm. When they were institutionalized, we have some individuals that had been institutionalized were put to basically like levels of medical sedation. Mm-hmm. Dr. Saeed probably was concerned that she was at levels of medical sedation mm-hmm. and wanted to bring her and try to balance and mm-hmm. try to create that effective balance of reducing your medication to a place where you are safe mm-hmm. mentally, but also that you are not mm-hmm. being over-medicated. You're a zombie. One of the rights of disabled people that has been fought for for decades mm-hmm. is the right to not be on unnecessary medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dr. Saeed was trying to do the right thing by putting her at mm-hmm. medically reasonable levels for these medications. And I think he was on the right track of saying that what she needed more of was more support at home. Oh, yeah. Rather than heavy medication. Yeah, because medication isn't a, isn't isn't no. isn't an end all be all. Like if you go no. on medication, you also need to be in therapy. Like yes. or if you're in therapy, like sometimes medication will help. It's not yeah. you need the support of people around you, not just yes. one or the other. Exactly. And just throwing medication at her and hoping something sticks and works is never going to help as much as changing the environment mm-hmm. that's causing more and more of this stressors yep. and these issues. Yep. Definitely. But Andrea's defense also did continue to present evidence of Michael Warnecke's preaching having an influence on Andrea's delusions, as they discussed that Warnecke wrote a magazine called The Perilous Times, which contained all of his preachings and would be mailed to the couple, and he would mail the couple copies long after they moved out of the camper he had bought him, or bought for them. Warnecke stated that sending the magazine was to help them strengthen their love as, uh, as his own family had in Jesus. Both Michael and, Re- and Russell rejected that religious extremism was a cause of the murders, and Russell attempted to say that he wasn't even that close to Mike. Bullshit. 
That's fucking bullshit. I have never known someone to buy mm-hmm. someone a trailer. Yep. Hello? Or, like, whatever. It's fine. It's yep. fine. I You're can't. Like, I don't even understand this. My parents would never buy me a home. Mm-mm. That's, that's crazy. My parents have helped me in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that... Mm-hmm. By no means am I saying that they're not helpful people. Mm-hmm. However, I don't know... My parents wouldn't buy a house for any of no. their three children. No. Why would they ever... Why would any person who's supposed to be just your friend mm-hmm. buy you a freaking camper van to live in if you weren't extremely close? Like, just, I love you. Yeah. I would never buy you a camper van. No, Sorry. I love you terribly. Yeah. I'm not... I'm no, not fuck that. you somewhere to live. No. <laughs> we, we both rent this place. You gotta pay your rent for all like... No. Exactly. Like, that's insane. So, also, to try to say that religiosity did not play a huge part in this is bullshit. Because religiosity is the whole reason why you continue to force her to have children mm-hmm. when she didn't want to and when it was dangerous and doctors mm-hmm. were telling you it was dangerous. Yep. And religiosity, being preached at, saying, if you're a bad mom, you're going to have bad kids, clearly really fucked with Andrew, yeah. who's already extremely vulnerable, already extremely susceptible. So on top of it, you've got a woman who is extremely overwhelmed, extremely mentally ill, and you're telling her she's a bad mom, that the only thing she can be is a good, like, a mother, that that is her only role she can ever have, that she's not doing enough as a mom because she's too fucking mentally ill to care for them correctly. How do you think that's not going to fuel her to think she mm-hmm. is a bad mom and that She's exactly. not going to end up doing something terrible. Exactly. How do you think she's ever going to not think she's a bad mom when you're telling her she's a bad mom because of her mental illness instead of helping her with her mental illness? Magic. Okay. Uh, that's just... The magic of Jesus and eating crackers. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Are you talking about communion? Yeah. Okay. Eat crackers. <laughs> it's just really nasty crackers. That's for, that's for Catholic people. I don't care. <laughs> It makes no difference to me. I mean, okay, here's the thing, though. Not to go off topic. Tangent here. When I used to go to church, my, my first church, they would give us grape juice instead of wine for communion. Beautiful. And they would also give us um, sometimes, like, pound cake chunks instead of crackers. <laughs> and I now always associate Welch's grape juice with church, which is fine, but I love Welch's grape juice. I'm so drinking your grape juice. <laughs> Joe's Town, I'm not going to church. <laughs> No way. So, it's not always bad crackers. However, I would fuck with those crackers. I like the texture of them. (laughs) I don't don't fuck with those gross crackers. Anyway, it's fine. (laughs) At the close of the second trial, the jury deliberated again, and on July 26, 2006, the jury found Andrea not to be guilty, or to be not guilty by reason of insanity. Oh, shit. In January of 2007, Andrea was moved to Kerrville State Hospital, where she has been receiving treatment ever since. Mm -hmm. Each year, Andrea goes up for release review, and each year she waives her right to be evaluated, to be released, and instead chooses to stay for treatment. Well, and that shows right there, because that shows it's not just, it wasn't, what am I trying to say? Let me gather my thoughts. That shows that she's aware of, that she needs help, and that she knows if she leaves, Russell won't get her the help she needs. That she would never get the help she really needs anywhere else. As well as, like, to be honest, I think she is smart enough to know that if she ever leaves, there will always be people who blame her. And that mm-hmm. she will never be able to just no. be a part of society yeah. in a normal way. Which I is agree. really horrible because I don't I don't think she's at fault for this, really. No. Mm-hmm. I I think what happened is horrific, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's her fault. I think it's... it's when, it, when If you come down to the strict action, yes, yes. it's her fault, but also... If you look at the extenuating circumstances and the um, aggravating factors, yeah. you know, the religiosity, the mental yes. illness, the pressure from the husband yep. to be a perfect mom, like, that all adds to it. Like, yes. it's, and this could, and the thing, the scary thing is this could happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. This could happen to. She was to, a completely normal woman. Mm-hmm. Like, she wasn't described as the jean dress wearing homeschool mom who mm-hmm. was, like, off her fucking nut and, like, going around mm-hmm. like a nuts person. Everybody thought of her as a really good normal person mm-hmm. she was just someone who was, she was wronged in a really horrible circumstance mm-hmm. and i yeah. think she was a victim of her circumstance mm-hmm. but i think she is where she needs to be mm-hmm. and she knows she's where she needs to be good and i think that it's really beautiful that every year she's given a chance mm-hmm. to be released and she refuses it mm-hmm 
So her lawyer and friend, George Parnham, says Andrea mourns the loss of her children every day. Mm-hmm. And with his wife, he assisted to set in setting up the Yates Children Memorial Fund, which is a fund that aims to assist in efforts to exam- expand mental health treatment for individuals suffering from postpartum oh, depression. Oh, I love that. Andrea makes crafts that she sells anonymously and takes all of the money and gives it directly to the memorial fund. Mm. Although Russell was outspoken in his support for Andrea, he and Andrea did divorce in 2005. Good, fuck that guy. Russell went on to remarry in 2006 and had a son with his new wife. They, however, have also since divorced. Russell says he calls Andrea regularly and continues to visit her once a year. But before I end, I did quickly want to mention some important impacts that this case had on the community at large. Mm -hmm. One week after the murders, four separate mothers around the Clear Lake, Texas area called Children Protective Services on themselves because they have postpartum depression and were scared of what they might do. All right. As well as Michelle Oberman, the author of the book Mothers Who Kill Their Children, stated that on average, 200 mothers kill their children per year. Mm -hmm. And murderous mothers, or she says, and I quote, murderous mothers is often a reflection of the society in which the murder occurs. These women are women with serious disorders who cannot parent their children the way social norms dictate, so they begin to feel more and more desperate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I 100% agree. I think that Andrea's murders here Mm -hmm. was entirely caused by the desperate situation that she was Mm -hmm. put into by the societal norms that were being placed upon her the forced pregnancies Mm -hmm. that were continually occurring to her Mm -hmm. and that none of this would have ever happened otherwise Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and why i think today was the perfect day to try to choose Mm -hmm. to talk about this case is forced pregnancies and postpartum depression is dangerous it's a, it's a silent killer. People don't realize you force yeah. someone to be pregnant. Like, I know myself, you know, like, if I were to somehow get pregnant, my first choice would be to have an abortion. I am not mentally stable enough to have a child. And I've talked to my fiance multiple yeah. times saying, when we have kids, you are to make sure I stay in therapy. Yeah. Because I know I have normal depression. I have normal anxiety. I know myself. Like, I have a, I get, I get looked at the wrong way and I, I fall into a depression. I can't imagine like all the hormonal shifts my body's going to have when I eventually have kids. Like it's, it's so, it's so, it's so sad and frustrating for me because I can see so many people being forced to ha- to carry these children that they, first of all, don't want. Yeah. They, they're going to risk their own safety to give birth to a child they don't want this child's now going to be born into a world world where they're not wanted so you're going to have more cases like the gabriel gabriel fernandez case when there's so many parents who don't know i'm not saying that this is his mom's case his mom's a fucking psycho we will cover that eventually um like there'll be so many parents who neglect their kids because they don't Mm -hmm. know how to care for them or they don't want them and so they're doing the bare minimum to not get cps called on them but also like mental health treatment in this country is shit Yep. It is so expensive. It is mm-hmm. there's so many wait lists. I work at like I said before, I'm a victim's advocate at a domestic violence shelter. When I so some of my clients that I do case management for, one of their goals is to connect with a psychiatrist. They came in like in the in the in like mid May. They're on a wait list for for five or six months, yeah. and they just go through something very traumatic. Like even mm-hmm. even someone who has great insurance who has all the money in the world, still yeah. can't get a therapist right away, and it's not even guaranteed they're gonna like that therapist. And it's, that it's going to be the perfect fit because that happens too. Like mm-hmm. I am very open about the fact that I was a survivor of violence. And mm-hmm. because of that, I went to therapy. I have been in therapy since I was a junior in college. So God, I graduated in 2018. So mm-hmm. 2017 to now. So I don't know how many years that's been. Five. Five, six yeah. years. I've been in, I've gone to counseling and therapy for five, six years now. Mm-hmm. I have had five different therapists mm-hmm. over that time period not all of them were good fits. Mm-hmm. I've had two that were extremely good fits. Mm-hmm. I luckily right now mm-hmm. have a therapist that works really, really yeah, well for me and awesome. that I fit really well with. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. Yeah, and, I, and I, I've had, I've been going to therapy since I was 18. I'm turning 24 in about a month and a half. And for six years, I've had yeah. three therapists, three, no, four therapists in that time. I liked one of them. She was a trauma therapist. She was great because she helped me mm-hmm. with my trauma. But the other two that I had that were just like CBT therapists or whatever, they they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything yeah. for me. It was it didn't fit, and I had to leave them because I didn't have any faith that they would be able to help me. And the 
almost a year that I've been, been seeing my current therapist who, like I said before, me and Tay share a therapist, you know, she has done so much more for me in the year that I've been with her than the other two or three years combined that I had with my other therapists. Absolutely. And sometimes it really doesn't fit. And like, it's a really bad fit. The first therapist I went to, I refused to go back to, and I told this story before, I think to you, but it still bothers me greatly. I came there because I had been the victim of rape and mm-hmm. sexual assault by someone that I was in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. I told this therapist what had happened, and the first thing she looked at me and asked was, well, how were you culpable in that situation? Mm-hmm. How was I culpable in my rape? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The answer is I wasn't. Yeah. And it wasn't helpful for me, and it did nothing for me to have mm-hmm. even a therapist make me feel like the blame was on me yep. for my own rape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, and you know, just to round it back to what we were talking about earlier in the episode, you know, forcing people, I was going to say women, but I don't want to say women because, you know, not, at, all, not, n- only. Not, not only women can get pregnant, you know, yep. there are people I know and people mm-hmm. that I love a lot who are not women who can get pregnant yep. and, you know, restricting that right of getting rid of that pregnancy or getting rid of the fetus, not even calling it a baby, yep. a fucking fetus, yep. if they want to, is fucking horrifying yeah. and it it and forcing them to keep that pregnancy will make them men- even if even if they are of sound yeah. mind and not you know not trying to take a shot at mental illness but even if they have no pre-existing mental illness prior to that pregnancy forcing someone to do something and keeping them essentially prisoner in their own body because of a fucking law will make their make their mental health so much worse and i think yeah. you're right hey we will be seeing a lot more cases of children dying yes. because their parents can't care for them and won't care for them because they don't have the means to. For fuck's sake, you're making yeah. people keep pregnancies when we can't even yeah. keep formula on the fucking shelves. Exactly. And what is so astronomically evil to me is you're forcing people who cannot afford to travel to a different state to mm-hmm. have an abortion safely to... How are they going to afford to have a kid? It literally costs, like, what, five, probably five or six grand to travel to another state and have an abortion. Yeah. Which I'm not saying it's not chump change. Oh, that's yeah. fucking that's, expensive. That's, that's a lot of that's fucking more money. Than I, that's more yeah. than the money I have right now in my bank account. Yeah. Putting that out there. So if that happened to me, yeah. I'd be fucked. Same. But also, like, that that five or $6,000, that, like, my mm-hmm. my uh, t- sister-in-law just had a baby. I can I can imagine that's probably just the amount for the hospital stay. Exactly. Not even. Like, we're not even talking about how much it's going to cost to birth a child than mm-hmm. to raise a child. If you can't afford to safely have an abortion mm-hmm. financially, how are you supposed to financially afford a child? Mm-hmm. And like, it's so hard to get public ben- benefits as well. Like, oh my God. This, this, yeah. this is so much, this overturning Roe v. Wade, not to like completely go away from the Andrew Yates case, mm-hmm. but we're doing it, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Like, overturning Roe v. Wade is not just about abortion. I was looking at it yesterday. It's about keeping minorities oppressed keeping women oppressed yep. like they're making having abortion or a miscarriage a felony felons can't vote no nope. felons can't vote like let that fucking sink in that if i were to have an abortion i would be a felon i would not be able to vote that is one more person who cannot vote against what these straight cis white christian males not saying everyone don't fucking yep. come at me and i'm fucking but, pissed that's why i sound yeah. like this like don't like that they ugh, uh, I'm so mad I'm, like, losing my train of thought. It's it's true. It's people who are in position of powers want to maintain the position of power by violating the human rights of everybody mm-hmm. else. Forced pregnancies and forced sterilization are on the list of human rights violations. Mm-hmm. What we are seeing right now is a human rights violation mm-hmm. happening in mass in this country. Mm-hmm. And that there are only, like, what, like, ten states that it's completely protected or expanding mm-hmm. their protections for abortion. Yep. One fifth of the United States is yes. actually cares about their population, yes. and one and, fifth of the United States is safe. And it, and it, the rest of it isn't. It gets it gets me because, like I said before, it's not just this is the uh, like outlawing abortion is just the tip of the fucking iceberg. It's you know literally Justice Thomas literally said he wanted to wanted to relook over um, uh, Lawrence versus something Obergefell versus Hodges mm-hmm. and another one I can't remember the third the third one but all three of them the first one I do with contraceptives that was passed in the in sixty four. Mm-hmm. Or 65, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, that was passed saying that contraceptives were legal to use and everyone had a right to contraceptives. Yep. He wanted to relook at that. He wanted to look at Lawrence, which which I'm not sure Lawrence versus whatever the other name is, but that essentially had to do with making sodomy between two consenting partners legal. Yeah. So if you were a gay man or a gay woman, you know, everyone can do their yeah. thing. Sodomy is not just, you know, yeah. anal sex between two men, but any type of, you know, not 
a quote, could, could be seen as quote-unquote taboo yeah. sex, you know, that can be outlawed between yeah. not even just marriage, just relationships. And then Obergefell versus Hodges in 2015. That was a case that granted same-sex marriage. Yes. Like, as someone, thankfully, you know, thankfully I am in a straight relationship, straight-passing relationship right now, mm-hmm. so thankfully my marriage won't, like, you know, my marriage won't ever be outlawed, but, like, I'm a queer woman. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm someone who, for the majority of my life, was expecting to marry a woman. Like, I don't want my rights to be taken away. So people I love, like, you're a queer woman. Like, I don't yeah. want to see your rights to get married taken away. Like, it's yeah. so much more than just getting rid of abortion, and that's what people mm-hmm. don't fucking realize. And that all of this has a never-ending, like, domino effect. Mm-hmm. You're saying we're outlawing contraceptives. Contraceptives are healthcare. As a person who is diagnosed with endometriosis, although I choose personally not to be on birth control at this moment because it, birth control pills weren't working for me mm-hmm. and were, I couldn't find the right, I, mm-hmm. I didn't have a doctor that I could work with that mm-hmm. genuinely made me feel like yeah. I was being listened to and heard about my endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is something that normally folks with endometriosis are prescribed and that is very beneficial to them. However, some of the birth control pills that I was being prescribed, I felt like I was bleeding to death. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was doing more harm than Mm -hmm. good and that I was so tired of it. However, every time I know that I'm probably going to have to go back on it very shortly because every time that I stop for a year at a time, I end up getting multiple periods a month and then Mm -hmm. I never stop bleeding and that it's the only thing that can help keep me Mm -hmm. kind of regular yeah which is kind of what's starting right now for Mm -hmm. me is that I'm Mm -hmm. getting very concerned that I am having Mm -hmm. too frequent of and Mm -hmm. too long lasting of periods again Mm -hmm. that's that's healthcare. you're Mm -hmm. taking away health care there then when you're talking about outlawing outlawing consenting adult sex Mm -hmm. you're policing people's bedrooms you're absolutely Mm -hmm. saying that what you want to attack are gay people Mm -hmm. gay marriage you're absolutely saying you want to attack one of the most marginalized communities Mm -hmm. that exist yeah and there was something else i saw i'm not sure how much truth the holes Mm -hmm. because i saw it on tiktok but Mm -hmm. i believe it there was a i'm gonna say a senator in um, a red state who i saw this this morning so i haven't done a lot of research on it who essentially has a plan and um, has a method of, of how he wishes we could go about um, essentially genociding all LGBTQ folks, all gay people, all trans people. You know, so it's, it's this is, and I, I'm sure there are people who will be like, yay, abortion's now illegal, like, let's save the babies. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You're pro-life until it comes out of the fucking uterus. Yeah. You're pro-life until there's a, a, poor, a poor mother of color who yeah. can't afford who can't afford stuff, tries to go on WIC, and then people give her shit for being on WIC because, oh, you're just having kids to make, to for them to be an ATM machine. Yeah. Like, no, like, it, I don't even, I, I don't, I can't express how much I'm upset and how, how, how much I'm grieving yeah. the fact that I cried about it yesterday. I was in bed, mm-hmm. I cried about it. I was talking to my fiance about it and he literally said to me, he's like, I, I love you and I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm very sorry that you're mm-hmm. going through this. Like, yeah. it's not, it's fucked up. And I, like, and it's, I'm a normally very, and I'm, I'm sure everyone can tell mm-hmm. on the podcast, I'm a very normally jovial, jovial happy, mm-hmm. joking person. Like, this is fucked up. Like, no. I'm not. Nobody I, should be happy today. And any no. person who is happy or celebrating about this absolutely does not care about other Mm-mm. people, does not care about human life. Mm-mm does not care about what actual repercussions are going to exist. And also, I I'm about to, I don't give a fuck if this person hears this podcast. I got a DM, I posted something on my Instagram yeah. last night saying like I'm disgusted, I'm horrified and this person who voted for Trump and is very very anti-democrat yeah. and I'm not saying Democrats are perfect. They're yeah. fucked up as well. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But very, very anti-democrat, anti-progressive, very conservative. It's like, I can't believe the world we live in. Fuck you. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you hear this. Go fuck yourself. You're the one who voted for this shit. You're the one yeah. who's directly taking me, my fiancé, my best friend, yeah. everyone I love's rights away. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. You get pregnant, you don't want it, you want an abortion, it's outlawed. That's your fucking fault, bitch. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Like, it but makes like, me so just, fucking mad. I can't even begin to understand why any person would think this was a good idea or, like, that... Because, like, it was so, like, shocking to me to sit there and see that this is happening when the majority of people in this country support the right to choose. Mm-hmm. How 67%. Is, how is 67% being overpowered by what they're calling the moral majority? There's nothing moral about this. There are this. two literal sex offenders on that, on that yeah. fucking Supreme Court. Yes. 
Absolutely. Like, this... This whole thing is just absolutely baffling and horrific and horrible. Mm-hmm. And this case is absolutely mm-hmm. everything that reflects that. Mm-hmm. Forcing people to get pregnant when they do not want to be pregnant mm-hmm. is only ever going to cause dangerous consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it, you know, and I think, not to interrupt you, I mean, no, no continue, no. I lied. I was going to say, like, no, <laughs> I think... With all that being said, you know, we're, we're going, we're, we're, it's a little lengthy now, so yeah. I think we, you know, I could go on yes. for hours and hours, but I think something I want to do is I want to, in our show notes, put some mm-hmm. resources for Absolutely. Plan B, abortion pills, states yes. that, I'll put a link to all the, I can find a website that has all the states mm-hmm. that are currently allowing abortion, mm-hmm. um, companies that will help you get an abortion, like Dick Sporting yeah. Goods, like they, the CEO said that she's, mm-hmm. the, the company is going to pay up to $4,000 if you're on their insurance to go get an abortion if you don't live in a state that allows it. Um, I want to put some stuff like that because everyone needs to have those resources right now. Please check out those resources. If you can, probably the smartest thing to do right now is to try to mass order a Mm -hmm. lot of Plan B or things like that to have on hand. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, just stay vocal. Mm -hmm. Stay angry. Do Mm -hmm. not let this go. Continue to fight for it, mm-hmm. continue to scream, continue to march, continue to go out there and mm-hmm. make your voices heard. Mm-hmm. As well as one of the things that I absolutely also recommend uh, pointing folks to as well is I think I've recommended this podcast before. I absolutely love this podcast, but the That's Messed Up, the Law and Order SVU mm-hmm. podcast. I'm forgetting which episode off the top of my head, but there is an episode where they interview one of the CEOs of Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. and in the show notes of that episode has an entire document mm-hmm. that Planned Parenthood, or just Google search it in general, try to find what the Planned Parenthood like actual company was recommending to do. Awesome. Uh, if this happens because okay. the planned parent because that even the ceo there they said that they know that this is probably what was going to happen and mm-hmm. they've been planning for this to happen for a very long time yeah so they have been putting so many resources and dedicated Good. hours and time into what they can think of to do to help folks in the aftermath of this happening mm-hmm. So please absolutely go and try to mm-hmm. figure out what that is. If you don't have the financial ability to donate to some of these organizations, look at what things you can do in your community to mm-hmm. help and to help other people. And please take care of each other. Mm-hmm. If someone comes to you and they're telling you that they are in a situation like mm-hmm. that where they're put on the spot that they have found themselves pregnant and don't want to be, try to help support mm-hmm. them in any way they need to to actually get the genuine medical care and mm-hmm. a safe way mm-hmm. to get to where they need to be. Yep, definitely. So, you know, with all that being said, um, I this feels yeah. weird to be like, you can follow us on places, but yeah. I guess you can follow us on Instagram at... Figures in the Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at... Figures in the Dark, but dark spelled D-R-K because character limits. Uh, you can send us... Or no, sorry, you can uh, follow us on Facebook at... Figures in the Dark. And then you can send us a Gmail at... Figures in the Dark Podcast at gmail.com. And then with that being said... Thank you all for listening. And as always, beware the figures in the dark. All right. Bye. Bye.